Like you get to the podcast away, I get to work in the morning. <laughs> I'm not gonna hear a minute earlier than I have to. Uh, well, we do have a big show though. Um, this is where the part of the show where we talk about what we're gonna do in the show. There will be no show next week because of an owl, a superb owl. Because that's what I heard. So yeah, that's it. That's the pre-show, y'all. We'll be here tomorrow night. Indeed, indeed. But not next week. So yeah, let's let's do the damn thing. Be right on. Mm-hmm. You don't think anybody'll watch that garbage? Some people will watch anything, Scarlet. Man, I had so much fun with my GI Joes this week. Got new dioramas in. Got a new figure in. So much fun. And I got five on the mail. On the mail. Just need more space. Do you ever have to like? Hey, Andy. Do you ever have to like get things packed away when you run out of space? Yeah, I'm thinking about doing that now, like putting some of my transformer stuff in storage. Actually, greetings, geeks. Welcome back. It's another episode of this geek and comics outright geekery's comic book shit talk show. Shit talk show. It's the Gomer and Taylor hour. Lots to talk about that isn't really comic centric, but is kind well, of yes. In it's a way. comic adjacent. Um, it's very adjacent too, and that's the angle we're gonna take. I feel like it's um, very thoroughly in our news, uh, in our yeah, wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Beyond that, not much else with comics, um, which is good and also bad because this motherfucker. Oh, hey, Gabe! Thanks for stopping by, bro. Love Gabe. Love him kicking it. Anyway, the. Uh, uh, Taylor didn't get comics this week because of the snowstorm, ice storm, I'm assuming. So I don't really know if that much. was why, but um, I think it was more of a clerical issue with a random house who uh, ships the Marvel books. Apparently did not ship them to the shop this week. Uh, whatever. Either way. Yeah, so mood point. A little yeah. bit of comic reviews. We're going to get there. But uh, segment one, what'd you do this week? Uh, I finally got to see Wakanda forever. Oh, so how'd you like it? Uh, I enjoyed it. Obviously, it's a Marvel comic movie. Um the one thing, the, the major beef that I had with it was Namor came off way too sympathetic for me. You know, he's a villain. And I understand the way, you know, the Black Panther movies do. You know, they make the villains seem like they're, you can relate. And you, they got, you got something aspect well, of them you can see in yourself. But, man, I really wish Namor would have been more of an asshole. Really, Namor really. is a huge asshole. He probably yes. is not as much of an asshole here as he is in the comics, where he is just this shit-eating turd, you know? But um, not, like, part. in an evil way, but in, like, an... Yeah, like you were saying, he's an asshole, you know? Yeah, this dude did not come off as an asshole. This dude came off as honorable and loves yeah. his family and his people. And Well, he was I very... He was ruthless, but he is... In a lot of ways, he is a lot like Killmonger. Yeah, he is... Yeah. He's someone that you can see how he got there. You can see where, like, he has a point. He just no, takes right. it way too fucking far. No, he's right. Just like Killmonger was. He's definitely right. When you cross the line onto genocide, you stop being right, you idiot. Uh, I mean, yes. <sighs> but I don't know about you sometimes, Gomer. I know. I don't know about me either. Another thing I did want to mention, uh, I don't know. If that was really out. fun. Oh, um, my God. I watched that whole episode, and... Um, yeah, Vegeta's has, not a hero either, Gabe, okay? Vegeta's not the fucking hero either. <laughs> Vegeta's saying. not a hero. But yeah. hey, Vegeta, Killmonger, and Namor are all really compelling characters. Yeah, you know? for sure, for sure. 
But um, but uh, yeah, but Pedro yeah, Pascal Pedro... was great on SNL. Last yeah, he was one of the best SNL. episodes I've seen in a while. Well, did you see the Aubrey Plaza episode? Because I adored that. Anyway, that but... was that was pretty solid. But this was this was great. Oh know? man, he leaned into doing whatever the hell they asked him to do, and he leaned into the dumb. He leaned into the shit. He broke so many times, you know, which I would do too. Yeah, and I love it. I love it when they break. You know, especially the the stars of the week, and yeah, this was easily the best one. You know, <laughs> it, I even like during. Yeah, it's good. No, well, this is a take on the Super Mario Kart with a dark Last of Us sort of angle in terms of adapting a video game. Yeah, uh, and oh my god, it was hilarious. It was so funny. Go ahead. What were you gonna say about? I was it? just gonna say, like, even during his monologue when he's talking about like a fan is like, oh, hey, my son loves the Mandalorian, and, like, the, the six-year-old kid, he doesn't know what Pedro Pascal looks like, because yeah. he never takes his damn mask off on the show, yeah. at least hardly well, ever. You can tell a little kid anybody fucking a Mandalorian. Yeah, and so he had to, he's like, do the voice, and it's like, so I have to do, like, the bedroom voice with a six-year-old kid over face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's weird. Uh, but yeah, very fun episode. Did you do anything fun this week? Anything worth... Uh, nothing that really pertains to here. Uh, I played some D and D, but that's all. Yeah, I read you had a couple of fun. What was it? Uh, it wasn't vampire fan fiction. It werewolf, was werewolf, werewolf romance novel. Romance so the, fan fiction. The party the managed to like entice yeah. a uh, NPC who's like elven royalty to like join their uh ban- their werewolf erotica book club. Dude, that's awesome. D and D leads to the most amazingly peculiar situation sometimes. I mean, everyone thinks D&D, oh man, we're going to play this game and it's like, we're living in Lord of the Rings and usually it turns into living in fucking Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Okay, literally, that's what it fucking yeah. becomes. And that's the that's better. It's way better. But, uh, yeah. That's I mean, it can be fun. epic, but it, most of the time it is just fucking goofy. Yeah, it's supposed to be. You're supposed to have fun. You're yeah. Have fun. Take it too serious, then it ruins all the appeal, but. Uh, awesome. All right, let's do the news. News this week out of DC. We knew it was coming. Yeah. Uh, we knew that we were going to get a play, a plan, a layout, a foundation, a skeleton to hang some meat on. And yeah, DC gave it to us. Uh, Guns DC announcement. Um, we're going to take a comic book angle. We'll go through all the movies one by one. Superman Legacy. Written by Gunn, the film will hit theaters July 11th, 2025. Most of these do not have dates. Several of them do. And focus on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. This is literally one of the images that DC used on their website to talk yeah. about this movie. So I can only assume that's going to be like an all-star you know, take. And that sh- I mean, it, should it be. could be, it but that be. is that is generally a very iconic Superman image. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily tell me for sure they're doing all-star Superman, but Hey, I want to be against it. But, um, this is one of the ones you knew was coming. Of course, they're making a Superman movie. Of course, they're making a Batman movie, but I guess we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. That's but, a little um, different. Cause that's but, not in the, in the mix, but yeah. yeah. What's interesting to me is like James Gunn made that, a uh, bright burn movie from a few years ago. So he actually got to make the, what if Superman was like a fucked up kid. Well, yeah, he got before to actually tackling yeah the actual Superman. Yeah, and that's not even really. I mean, I've rewatched that movie recently. In my opinion, that really doesn't deconstruct Superman. It it's not a deconstruction of Kent. Superman. It deconstructs it's just... the Kents. Yeah, they are not the movie. ideal family. You know, that's why that Superman turns bad. But that's his family just, is all kinds of fucked up. That would really was just like 
let's make a superhero horror movie and like, you know, use Superman because a, that's the most horrifying premise because he's basically invincible and B people, you don't have to like go through like this kid's power set, you know, like you just like let the audience know to like this kid is Superman and they know what he can do. You know, that's why tropes are tropes. All the work's done for you. Yeah. You you can be a little bit lazy, but all right, moving on. We, uh, another movie, we're going to get the authority. This one, this one I was not expecting. Yeah. Yeah, Me neither. Uh, Wildstorm characters will join the DCU as members of the authority, take matters into their own hands to do what they believe is right. Uh, the authority always seemed a little bit too suicide squatty for me to fit in a universe where there's already a suicide squad, but maybe there won't be. That is an interesting no. point, though, because James Gunn did already make a Suicide Squad movie, and so how is his Authority movie different from his Suicide Squad movie? Yeah, and know? I mean, they're not the same teams. They're not, but all, they definitely, but like, they, they shake they hands feel, really well. Yes, it really, really does. Now, all of this is outside of the upcoming movies that we already knew about, the Blue Beetle movie, the Flash movie. Um, Gunn has confirmed that the Flash movie is going to reset the universe. Okay, Pretty that's much. why we're going to be. I mean, even if it doesn't, like, it's either there's an in-universe explanation for it, or they just be like, "Okay, we're starting something new. Deal with it." You yeah. know, so I'd be fine with either, but either way, yeah, it's definitely reset yeah. button coming. But yeah, the Authority is a team that has a lot of pedigree amongst comic fans because this was part of like this exactly. big, like, let's take the piss out of superheroes thing that kind of came in the wake of Watchmen there in the early nineties. Yeah. You know, I don't see this movie having legs at all. Honestly, if I were to, I, I just don't think it does. I, I don't know, man. It's I'm surprised to see it come people, in. Dude. This seems to me like something you do in the later phases, like after right. we have like the established, like the quote unquote normal superheroes, and then later you bring in the like the asshole superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but hey, I mean, James Gunn is smarter than you or I, so you know, oh, for I'll, sure. I'll extend for that sure. benefit of the doubt. But you, yeah, it does seem an interesting choice, yeah, especially so early on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on, we are getting a Brave and the Bold. DCU will introduce its Batman and Robin, who will be Damian Wayne, in this unusual father-son story inspired by Grant, the Grant Morrison series, which was quite good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this was a, a weird take for me, too. I'm so glad we're actually going to get a Robin. Am I happy that it's Damian? Of course. I love Damian. He's my favorite Robin. But Batman has to evolve into Damian a little bit. And it's going to be weird that he's just pop out of nowhere. Here's your son, you know, and they're going to they're going to do all that well, in the story. That might be no Robin like that. I mean, that might be one of those things where, like, we know who Batman is. So maybe right. that does tell us that we're not going to be doing a Batman origin story, which that, that would be a lot to try to shoehorn in if this was also an origin story for Batman. No, they're not going to. Which do we don't need. We do not need an origin story for Batman. We fucking well, know who Batman Damian- is you know, origin sort of Sure, story. that's probably needed for a lot of the audience who might yeah. not have heard of Damian Wayne, who might not know that this Robin is very atypical from the others, you know? Right, right. But and, see, I have to imagine that DC is building this to turn Damian into Robin at some point, or into yeah. at some point. Well, maybe, but I saw an, I saw a tank, an angle on this that where they pointed out that, like, the Damien Bruce dynamic is different from the other Robins because it's Bruce who's having to calm and center Damien and not the Robins trying to calm and center Bruce, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, last two, uh, Tom King, Supergirl, and he, and Gunn straight up mentioned Tom King. Yeah, um, he's basically saying he's adapting this story, which this I did story. not read. So um, It's not bad. Uh, yeah. She's 
it's she's bad. She's like the anti-Superman in this where he's all hopeful and everything and he's got everything to live for. She's just got everything to die for. She's lonely and it works. It's like a sci-fi, you know, sort of take on yeah, a to hear hero thing. James Gunn's take on it. Yeah, that this was um she it it, it makes sense that she'd be all mm-hmm depressed and everything because she actually remembers Krypton and she watched it all die and everyone she knows and loves is gone except for her baby cousin who she has a very tenuous connection with really yeah almost a jealousy like a barrier there like she sees him as naive almost in a way but anyway moving on Swamp Thing um, it investigate the dark origins of Swamp Thing Gunn has confirmed that there will be some R-rated movies in here I think this is the perfect opportunity to show the audience what you can do with an R-rated superhero movie. R-rated Swamp Thing is a very intriguing idea, for sure. It is. This also opens the door, in my opinion, for a Constantine, a a, a dark... A, I would be know, surprised Justice if League. we didn't get Constantine in a Swamp Thing movie. You yeah, know? and Justice League. Dark, you know, it, it, it's a lot of good ideas. Um, that's actually all the, the movie projects. Um, no Nightwing. Very upsetting. No real Teen Titans takes well, right now. That's also kind of a bummer. I saw where apparently they're saying that like since this is Brave and the Bold, they're not calling it Batman. They're calling it Brave and the Bold. Like maybe that is, you know, trying to set up like an extent. Like it's like a it's a jumping off point for the Bat family, not just Batman. And it could that could do it for all of the Gotham verse. Um, and sure. it could also work for spreading out the rest of the uh, universe altogether. Yeah, you know, you but, could introduce some characters who would eventually become members of the Justice League Dark in both the Brave and the Bold. There's no reason Satana can't show up in a Brave and the Bold movie. Yeah. You know, at least there, right? And then um, Swamp Thing can can do the rest. But um, yeah, so it's a, it's a solid batch. But again, I'm pissed off. There's no Nightwing. But you're right, the Brave and the Bold has a good opportunity to help out there. But they also announced some TV projects, Creature Commandos. This one is the way out of left field. Yeah, this is another one where they are uh, they're going deep into the bench for this one. Yeah, but it is an animated show. Yeah. Um, which really only solidifies Gunn's original ideas, his original communication that everything will be connected, the TV, the movies, and the video games even, um, to the... Uh, discontent of a lot of voice actors who are yeah, like, well, I, that's definitely now. gotten some uh, some backlash there. Where they're, it's difficult to know if they're actually going to be able to do that. I mean, it's already very difficult for actors to set aside so much of their schedule for just the movie shoots, but they will have no time for nothing else if they're also doing voice work for uh, animated and video game work. You know. Exactly, and it could, so I don't know if this is really practical to have well, like everyone. Here's do my take on that. All right, it could be like, all right, we're not going to do a supermated a Superman animated thing like full on, but yeah, Superman's going to show up, but he doesn't have the actor doesn't have to come in and do lines. Gunn's going to use lines from other movies out of outtakes and extra thing. You know what I mean? Reuse that. I mean, they still would have to pay the actor, so they oh, might of course, well they'll still pay in. the actor. And again, that's the main crux here. To the, my point is the voice acting community, that industry is getting kind of shit on. All right. My take on this is Gun going to save the live action DC stuff and ruin the animated stuff. I mean, <sighs> honestly, if they do that, you're, the way you were describing there, that just sounds like it's 
really hamstringing the projects anyway, right? I mean, you want to be able to bring people in to do line readings for this specific project. You don't just want to recycle, just just try to like shoehorn in like, yeah, outtakes and shit. I really hope that's not what he's talking about. I I hope you're wrong about that. Well, we'll see. Oh, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just saying that's just one avenue he could take. I suppose. You know, one direction. But But we haven't had much to say about the creature commandos themselves because I honestly don't know much to say about them. I mean, that's kind of... all I know is Frank. This image basically tells you all you need to know, right? Like, Frankenstein is the only character here who's gotten a lot of, like, much of a profile these last few years. Yeah. Um, I couldn't tell you the names of many of these others except i guess I that's either. that weasel from suicide squad there yeah but um, um this is amanda waller creates a black ops team a black ops team out of a bunch of monsters prisoners gun has written all of the episodes for the first season already which is wild to me you know that's what writers do that's what creators do you know they just have an idea um i'm sure this he did the suicide squad as well i'm sure this is basically a a parts of what his original suicide squad ideas were you know that's just how yeah, creative could well be. yeah uh now another show uh waller starring uh viola davis congratulations to viola davis she became an egot award winner tonight after winning a grammy for the voice narration on her own memoir which is weird but yeah amazing good for her She's yeah, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and a Tony. You know, the also four- noteworthy here is that she's one of the people to survive the uh, the transition here, which makes well, I don't sense. Know who else you get. James Gunn already worked with Viola Davis exactly. on Peacemaker and on the uh, Suicide Squad movie, so um, that probably helped. But yeah, and yeah. she does seem irreplaceable. I mean, Viola Davis is just you know she's incomparable powerhouse. Yeah. yeah, she's amazing, and I'm sure her and James Gunn have a good rapport, and of course. Why wouldn't they keep her? She's just brilliant. Gabriel chiming over here. I think that it'll be like how Marvel did the what if, but with more of the movie presence. What are you referring to there? I might have missed, you know. He might have been referring to to how a lot of the uh, actors who uh, who did their who who reprised their role. for. Oh, he's talking about the what if animated show. Okay, no. Yeah, that's it wasn't all Chadwick Boseman's last work yeah, is, it, as to it is Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. And um it is also uh um oh um I can't remember her name all of a sudden, but um Captain Carter was um Yeah Peggy Carter. Um yeah. Haley, I wanna say something. Haley, I don't remember. She's Haley Atwell. Haley yeah, Atwell. Haley Atwell, she's super okay. um, um, yeah, moving on. Waller looks good. It's just gonna be a suicide squad thing. Um yeah, this is him. Team like, Peacemaker. It's team this Peacemaker. is, yeah, he even said Team Peacemaker is going to probably like cycle through this. And um, yeah, this is Gun continuing to play with toys that he enjoys playing with. You know, he mm-hmm. seems to have really found a groove with the Suicide Squad slash Peacemaker uh, side of the universe. Yeah, it's like he was at the daycare, just at his own little corner. Now all the other kids have gone home or have been, you know, fired from the daycare. Now he gets to yeah. just play with everything he wants. Uh, next show. One of the, I mean, I had no idea this was even in the cards. Booster Gold TV show. Um, hire Chris Pratt immediately. Honestly, I really think he would he would work there. Apparently, the guy from Top Gun, um, the one who was also in that uh, in that bad Fantastic Four fan four stick, the goose goose's son. In Mad no, Man. not him. That was Miles Teller, the guy yeah. who was a uh, hangman in uh in Top Gun. I, I, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't remember anything. Whatever. Anyway, I, yeah. Anyway, anyway, he is apparently cam. He's like, I don't know, but he's campaigning. But he has like said, yeah, I'd love to play Booster Cold. You know, so of course. This yeah. is probably a very enviable role because this is going to be fun as hell. I'm Dude, sure. People don't know Booster Gold. There are even comic book fans, you know, who have been reading for years. You like, yeah, no, I, I mean, I know him from this event and that event and this. Oh, I mean, he is the greatest hero you've never heard of. Right? He really is, and that's like fits so perfectly for nowadays. You know what but I yeah, mean? But like, I could definitely see Chris Pratt, like you were saying, though, because like yeah. Booster Gold is such a shithead, but he's like a really fun shithead, you know? Yes. he Nathan Fillion would have been perfect 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, oh man. I wish this, I wish we could get like a time machine and get like 10 years ago Nathan Fillion oh, for this. Oh, my gosh. But the Booster Gold shtick, if you don't know, he uses basic technology from the future, time travels to the present. And then acts like he's, you know, this big badass motherfucker because he's got this crazy technology, you know, that makes him look like he's awesome. Uh, man, I think that would work so well. Booster Gold, the Ant-Man of DC. Nope, that's a good call out, Andy. Um, they are taking the show route with this, you know, not the movie route. Um, I think but, he's just comparing the characters, man. No, for sure. But like Gunn said, there's every opportunity for these things to cross over into each other in terms of what screen they're on. You know, your TV screen, your movie screen, or your video game screen. Yeah. So, um, a couple more. We're getting a, a Lanterns show. And no, I think that ahead. this would probably work better as a TV show than it would yes. as a movie, especially yes. the, like with the pitch that they gave for it. Yes. Um, so it's a big TV event. It follows the intergalactic cops, John Stewart and Hal Jordan, as they uncover a dark mystery. It, it, it's sort of going to play out like a police procedural you know, with superheroes. I think that's a perfect idea. There's no way that is not going to yeah. happen. This is a great avenue for them to like introduce like the different alien races and like the cosmic corner of the DC universe, you know? And Sinestro by the end, an honest to goodness yeah. good Sinestro at some point. You, you know? know what's a shame is I thought Mark Strong was a good cast for Sinestro. It's just that he was like a side character in that movie and that never got a sequel deservedly. Mark, Mark Strong good in any, everything. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. I've never but, seen Mark Strong be bad in anything. Yeah, but... but so yeah, that movie was such a shit show. Movie. Yeah, that movie was trash. That nothing was worked in that movie. That movie was, like, one of the yeah. worst things ever. And Even Ryan Reynolds, like, making fun of it has become, like, you know, that was one of the best parts of Deadpool, too, you know? Right. Uh, finally, uh, a Wonder Woman-centric a uh, show called Paradise Lost. Now this I am surprised. Me too. It's the home of the Amazons, birthplace of Wonder Woman. It's a drama that focuses on the genesis and political intrigue of an island of all women. So much potential here. The way I heard it, it's going to be Game of Thrones, but on Themyscira. Yeah, and it sounds like we're not going to get Wonder Woman herself. And um, yeah, I'm also surprised it's a TV show instead of a movie. Well, I guess if they're going the Game of Thrones route, then yeah, you make exactly. it a TV show. We but need to have character. It ha the characters have to create, you know, every part of the damn. You show. have to assume this is eventually going to be the jumping off point for a Wonder Woman movie, but that has not yet been announced. Yeah, and I don't know about that. Wonder Woman is really still up in the air. But with that said, I love. You, know, you have idea. to do Wonder Woman. I mean, she's one of like their. You have to do Batman. You have to do Superman. You have to do Wonder Woman. You know, I would like to see this go and become for the second or third season like a War of the Amazons thing. Where they come to Washington they... D.C. and start oh, okay, yeah. fucking murdering people and shit like that, you know. I thought you might be talking about like that Amazons versus Atlantis thing. They no, did no, for not Flash that. Point. 
no, that was not as good as it should mm-hmm. have been. But I mean, I want to see that. I want to see this sort of Themyscira shit bridge off into the rest of the DC universe in a way that is meaningful. That maybe can bring a Wonder Woman into it. And maybe Wonder Woman was, you know, all down back in the cut, laying out, you know, not doing anything. Dude, Artemis will definitely be in it. Gabriel in the chat, I wonder if Artemis will be in it. Dude, for sure. Yeah, all you have your to think favorites like, are going to be here. It's going to be Game of Thrones. Have yeah, Hippolyta is definitely going to be there. Um, I'd be surprised if Nubia didn't make an appearance. Yes, and eventually we're going to see, like, Diana as, like, a young child, I suppose. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, they could even open it up to where, like, the last run of Wonder Woman sort of opened it up to all of these other Amazonian civilizations around yeah. the planet. Definitely, and they bring in Yara Floor. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh, they'd never be able to cast Yara Floor. There it's is not difficult a woman to on imagine. The that yeah, hot. there's not a woman on the planet that hot who could play Yara Floor and pull it off. Okay, it doesn't it's it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Um, but this is the one I think I'm the most excited for. Because everything else, I'm pretty much, I know what to expect. They seem kind of easy, almost. Except the authority, maybe. The authority's easy to do. I just don't think anybody's going to give a fuck. Oh, I think Taylor might have. Oh, no, I'm here. I'm oh, just, okay. I was thinking in my response. I, was, I don't know. I feel like the authority will probably draw in, like, people who are fans of, like, the boys or, like, the Suicide Squad or something like that. Because it does okay. definitely, like, have that energy to it. Oh, so you're saying the authority. Okay. This could be Gun's R-rated action superhero movie. You cannot do The Authority without it being R-rated. Uh, I used to say that about a lot of shit. I used well, to say that a lot, about a lot of shit. Okay, well, <laughs> at the very least, you can say that you could definitely make an R-rated movie about The Authority. Yes, that's got to be the way he's going to go. So, uh, yeah, this looks good. Um, we'll see what happens. These are the next 10 years, you know, of we'll be here old and gray. Well, I mean, we should point out that, like, there's going to be more stuff that's not here, and some of this stuff might or might not make it. You know, it's 10 years is a while. We'll see. Yeah, and no, I think these are all greenlit. I think these, they are not going to say something, be like, oh, you know what? We changed our mind and no authority movie now. Yeah. Gunn's not going to do it. I mean, the whole bringing in James Gunn and, like, making him, like, creative director alongside uh, the suit, I I forget. Yeah. Um, he's handling all like the money side of it. So, Hey, good for him. But, um, this is your he's chance got a creative to... background himself as well. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does, but yeah, production. But this is DC's chance to get some fucking heat back. You know, yeah. this yeah. is their chance to have people be hyped about them in a way they have not been for a damn long while here. You know, Everybody... Marvel has been eating their fucking lunch at the, yeah box of office for fucking it's, it's 15 impossible. years now yeah and impossible it's impossible not to compare him i don't think it's fair i still don't think it's fair because gun is taking a very different approach than disney does with their properties but people are talking about james gunn in his position and sort of frowning and shitting on some of it and i'm like this dude has a, he has the longest track record outside yeah. of Zack snyder at making dc movies he does he and and TV properties, you know. And I mean, honestly, it's if, weird that people are just not giving him a chance. They feel a like lot of Snyder these people. Bros. I'm okay with being a Snyder bro. I wouldn't mind Zack Snyder coming back and doing another project. Snyder like bros this. need to just kind of accept reality at this point, and you know, they brought in James Gunn because they needed a reset. They needed a clean break, and that was never going to be like this. 
tweezer job, right? This is a sledgehammer job. Yeah. He is coming in, and yeah, there's going to be stuff from the DC movies that people like. I like a lot of the things, even from the terrible movies, there's lots of stuff I like from the DCEU movies. Yeah. Like, even the shittiest of them have things where, like, you know, the Batman fight scene in Batman vs. Superman is fucking awesome. I love that Even though that movie overall is garbage. I I know. The but, thing so about yeah. – I don't blame Zack Snyder. I blame DC, okay? When Marvel started ramping up the MCU with Iron Man and Hulk and these movies, they were still doing the Christian Bale Batman movies. Yeah. It's impossible to be like, okay, now what are we going to do? They just didn't have the the wherewithal or whatever to hire what's-his-name to play a new Batman, to be a new young Batman, that kid who walked in, you know? Yeah. They could have said, no, the Christian Bale movies are a jumping on point for everything that we're going to fucking do. That movie ending is now a reset. Everything that was is no longer except for those Christian Bale movies. And, dude, that would have worked so well. That I think that would have I mean, worked. I mean, there wasn't even so anything else to forget well. at that point, except for, like, Superman movies that came out, like, Superman 30 Returns. years before. Superman Returns, Returns yeah, that was, oh, God, how long ago was that now? But yeah. yeah, but that came out during that run of um of those Bale Batman movies. Mm, yeah, I suppose that's yeah. right. Kevin Spacey, but, I'm sorry, he's a scumbag. He's still my favorite Lex Luthor. He is. He That's why, because he's like a natural scumbag. Mm. Um, anyway, moving on. Marvel now. They had an X-Men vote. The vote is over. Um, Who did you vote for? Cannonball, Dazzler, Frenzy, Jubilee, Juggernaut, and Prodigy. Who do you think I voted for? If you had to guess who I voted for, and then I'll guess. If I had to guess for. you, did you vote for Cannonball? No. Uh, I would have guessed that you voted for Jubilee. I did, in fact, vote for Jubilee. I voted for Juggernaut. Uh, Juggernaut was my second choice, I will say. Yeah, he's not even a fucking mutant. But, he's not even yeah, a fucking mutant, so that would have been a lot I of fun. I love it. That's my favorite part I, of voting I think for that, Juggernaut. Yes. Juggernaut and Jubilee, I think, have the most fun stories to be told from this. Yeah. Like, Jubilee, just coming off of that Exterminators run, that was a uh, hoot. And so, like, so this is a good chance to, like, kind of, like, strike while the iron is hot with that character, I think. But yeah. Juggernaut would have been a very interesting choice, because not only is he, like, a very prominent X-Men villain of yeah. years past, but he also is not a mutant, like you said. So, like, what does that mean to have a non-mutant on the X-Men? And I think that fits so perfectly where everything is going. And that leads us right into our next bit, which is our last bit of news, because there was no fucking news this week. Um, they're teasing Fall of X. After the Sins of Sinister, it will be the Fall of X. And these are the setup books. They are four setup books. X- oh, and we'll know who wins the, wins the election during the ball, the, the gala. So we won't know before you know. Um, X-Men Before the Fall, Sons of X, Cy Spurrier, Phil Noto doing art. This is basically going to be the wrap, the finish, tying up every loose end from Legion of X, uh, which just had issue number 10 come out this past week. It is the last issue of that series. Uh, It was very middle of the road, very below average in terms of all of the other X books. Way of X and then Legion of X and now Sons of X. Cy Spurrier has... Had some cool ideas and some good moments. Up that, his ass. Yeah. It's up his ass. They just kind of really... get lost in the shelf. And yeah, it's very much up his ass. Yeah. But I am still excited to see how those go. Nimrod is back. Gay, uh, Andy, oh my Dude, God. Dude, Nimrod's been back. Nimrod man. been doing his thing up at Orcus. 
you know, with a big satellite. They've murdered him like four or five times. He keeps coming back. He keeps murdering them, and they keep coming back. It's almost comical at this point, you know, how many times all of them die. But this is coming out, what, January, March? May 3rd, battle between two titans of the X-verse, Cy Spurrier, Phil Noto. It's Legion versus Nimrod, where if there is any mutant out there who can take down Nimrod, uh, it could be Legion. Um, I mean, Legion, it's so difficult to say, right? Because he can basically so just do anything he wants. He's so He can OP. just manifest any superpower. I mean, it's it's weird. It's weird. His He's power. a hard character to use, which... Yeah. But Cy Spurrier has yeah. been doing a pretty good job, especially... Legion has been my favorite part of the... Quo. Yeah. He's had a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it'll, this will be interesting to see. Um, what's that... I can't remember this woman's name, like Mother yeah, Glory or something like that. I, I actually read that issue this week, but it was very early in the week. And no, I Well, don't the fact that you can't remember, I guess, tells you all you need to know about the book. The book is kind of boring. Yeah. I'm sorry. All right, moving on. The second book seems a lot better. Before the Fall, The Heralds of Apocalypse. If you remember oh, that's Apocalypse. Fun. Yeah, picking up back. from the, uh, the Ten of Swords uh, fallout here. Yes. For, that's, man, they've been sitting on this one for like two or three years now, right? Yeah. He went back to Immense with all of his horsemen, except for War, who went to hang out. Was it War? The dog-faced dude? That's uh, that's Death. Death. He is, who he's like the vampire. He's like, yeah, he's like the vampire king world. now, which, you know, yeah. that's its uh, own thing. But So this is going to be sold Al Ewing and Luca Pizarra, and it's the long-awaited re- re- long return of Apocalypse, um, written by Al Ewing, Luca Pizarra. Um, not since, like we said, since the end of Ex of Swords, Apocalypse and his family have battled for survival in a harsh land of Aments. Do they rule over this twisted world or do its dynamic inhabitants rule them? So, wow. How, how was Apocalypse felt over his choices of the Quiet Council has made in his absence? Man, this feels like a daddy's home sort of thing, you know? Where, what the fuck yeah. have y'all done? Y'all, I, I left you with with yeah, you Hickman. Utopia, and look what y'all have done. Look what sinister, what y'all let sinister do. Apoc, well, Apoc wanted to murder that motherfucker from day one. He said we can yeah. figure it out another way. But I mean, hell, I mean, they got what they wanted. They got the data set. So Apocalypse probably was all like, okay, he's lived his purpose. Let's fucking kill him. Exactly. But dude. They didn't. Yeah. But, yeah, but that's yeah. gonna be really good. Al yeah, Hickman's Ewing. writing of Apocalypse was a lot of fun, and Al Ewing, I think, will have a very good uh, crack at the character. Yeah, here. even after that, what book was it that Apocalypse was in doing the magic? What was the magic um, that was in uh, Excalibur? That was fantastic writing too. Who was yeah. that? Leah Williams writing that? I think that was Teeny Howard. Oh yes, it was Teeny Howard. Yeah, that was well done too, man. Yeah, I love that. Um, next book. There's only two more. This one is. First Strike, Mutants First Strike number one, Steve Orlando and Valentina Pinti. Don't know who that is. Uh, great cover here by David Baldione. Hopefully, that he is got a full, cool cover. Yeah. Hopefully, he got full page rate for that. Um, it's a mutant mystery for the ages. Um, a deadly mutant attack. A deadly mutant attacks an innocent small town, but nothing is what it seems. Jean Grey, Cyclops, and Bishop are tasked with a routine mission, but as they dig deeper, they uncover a hidden truth. That will send shockwaves through mutant kind. Not really much there um, on that bone. Um, and then Kieran Gillen and Paco Medina write the Sinister Four, number one. A couple of favorite characters, you know, on the cover here. Um, this is coming in July. Four Sinisters plot their next move um, in the aftermath of Sins of Sinister. 
all four sinisters have been unmasked. They've gotten a taste of universal control, but their true plans for mutant kind are just beginning. Um, seems like all of these books are doing nothing but tying up loose ends for stories that are currently ongoing. Yeah, I mean, that does look like it's basically going to be the follow-up book to Sins of Sinister and uh, Immortal X-Men because, you know, we did have the council on there as well. Yeah. Um, but this whole, all this stuff with Sinister has been a real hoot. I've been really enjoying all the the different suits, you know, that we've been getting through with Sinister. There's still one we don't know yet, and it'd be interesting to see uh, who that is. I mean, it's got to be someone we know, you know, otherwise yeah, why? I, I, I don't know so who it is. I'm not even willing to make a guess at this point because... Me neither. I, they're the I villain. Did not, they're the one who moved Sinister's lab, obviously. I mean, Dr. Stasis being part of Orcus, and that was, uh, that was uh, I want to say, club Sinister. Yeah. Um, so that was the first time we even like clue into the idea like, oh, there's more than the one Sinister. And then like uh, the guy from X-Men Red being, uh, I think, Spade Sinister is, yeah. I did not see that coming. I had a chance to guess that one and I did not. Yeah. And so, yeah, we still need to see who Heart Sinister is. Yeah. This bothers me a little bit, this this story, because this is the end of the Krakoan status quo. You can see him moving in that direction. Things are going to get reset. Things are going to be back to probably more normal. Um, I'm okay with that. All it always ends, you know, in comics, it always comes. Yeah, I mean, every but every phase of like a big, you know, book like this is eventually going, but it's a little too early to start, like, you know, writing the obituaries here. But, um, but yeah, what a fucking reinvigoration! All this since Dawn of X. I mean, I wasn't reading a single X Men book before that. God, I'm reading like fucking five a month now. You know? Yeah, I was, but I always read X Men. But man, the quality jumped up so high when Hickman took over. So, yeah, Uh, awesome. We'll have reviews on those when they come out. Let's do food. Mmm, yummy. Just one food hit today, but it's a good one. Mario themed pizza. Okay, this is the funniest part. All right, it's an Italian American from Brooklyn. But he's actually from Japan, but now he's getting some themed pizzas in Germany. Um, that might be the funniest fucking thing I've ever said on this show. Uh, Freiburger Lebensmittelblumb, uh, a producer of frozen foods in Germany, is launching a new pizza tainment line of frozen foods. And yes, Mario Luigi and Wario and Waluigi are getting their own pizzas, frozen pizzas. It's amazing to me that no one has jumped on this idea before. Seems like such low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the Mario and Luigi pizza, Chorzio salami, uh, Calabrese salami cubes, Wario and Waluigi is a four cheese deluxe. It's got matzo, red cheddar, a menthol, which I had to look up, and gargonzola. And menthol is basically um, better Swiss cheese. Okay. Uh, they'll be available in German stores starting February 6th. Man, we got a Dave's going to have to really uh, yeah, he's gonna shell out really some money work. in order to go do the research on this one. Yeah, he's going to have to work. You don't have to work. He's not here to say no. (laughs) Well, yeah, it looks good. All right, let's do top three. Well, let's do your top three. Maybe. Any book at all that have nothing? I I literally have nothing to talk about this week. Uh, Flash One Minute War was dope. Lazarus Planet was kind of meh. Whatever. Um, my number three book this week, though, is Spidey Miles Morales, number three. Why? Because we finally, it's Cody Ziegler, Federico Vicentini. We finally get the origins of Rabble, 
Now she is an under, she's the underprivileged youth dealing with some trauma, but she lost a school lottery two miles to get into the school that he's in. And I was like, oh man, that works like really fucking well for her. Yeah, that's a clever story. setup here. And then, yeah. and then apparently she knows that he's Spider Man. So yeah, that definitely yeah. tracks that like this motherfucker, like I'm the, I come from like nothing and like I needed this and motherfucking yeah. Spider Man got it. Yeah. You know, this kid who already has like fucking superpowers, he gets my spot. Yeah. And it works with the first two issue where, issues where Miles is kind of shitting on school a little bit. Yeah, you know, uh, but Vicentini just playing up the art. Great Misty Knight, you know, and Miles shot here fighting Scorpion, and yeah, this is when she has her long monologue. Just really, really well done. Uh, my number two book this week because Taylor didn't get any books. Star Trek number four. Colin Kelly, Jackson Lanzig, uh, Roman Rosanis, and Oleg Chudikov. Just really fun. If you're a Star Trek fan, you have to be reading this. If you're a Trekkie trekker, I don't give a fuck whatever you call yourself. We learn who is killing gods, who is killing the main bad guy in this first arc. And it's Kalis, the unforgettable, or at least it's his clone that was created, you know, in an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, who actually is famous in Klingon mythology because, yes, he helped kill the Klingon gods. So it's it's really a fun angle there, you know, that they're taking. With this overall story, and it's got a bunch of cool, fun characters, and yeah, I can't get enough. That does sound like a lot of fun, but are there Trek fans who call themselves Trekkers? Yeah, there's Trekkies and Trekkers. I did not know the distinction there. Yeah, Trekkies was kind of frowned upon back in the day as some weird nerd thing. Where they oh, like well, it. but we're weird nerds, so Yeah, we're weird nerds. Yeah. Uh, my number one book this week was a book on Dark Horse, Where Monsters Lie. Kyle Starks oh, Kowalski. Yeah, Slasher Summer Camp. Yeah, uh, Wilmhurst is a gated community. Oh, I don't even have the second image for this, which was so gory. Um, in the middle of nowhere, it acts as a getaway for slasher movie-style killers in between their bloody rampages. Um, but they have a strict rule of not murdering folks while they are at the gated community. Don't shit where you eat. Um, to, in order to keep things secret and safe. But one of them breaks this rule. One of the victims gets away, right? So they have this big HOA meeting about it, you know, which is just the most mundane thing with the most terrible, evil fuckers you could ever imagine. Um, but the one that got away goes to the cops, and his statement is pushed into a computer, flags in Washington, D.C., this special agent who is basically trained. I'm sure we'll learn more about him in the next issue or two has trained his entire life to hunt these murderers, becomes involved, and then he gets the cops over at this motherfucker, right, to go get these murderers. It's a really fun premise, and they pulled it off. You know, I was very interested, very compelled the entire time. Um, great time with this issue. It was actually a bit surprising, but, yeah, just a great issue, fun time with this book. Can't wait to read more. Um, so, yeah, there you go, y'all. There's our top three. It's so like, much faster when it's one person. I know when it's just one dude doing <laughs> it. It's like a 90 second marathon or sprint. I can't even like give my thoughts on the books. I wasn't able to read any of them. I know it sucks. Uh, oh, there's uh, Eli checking in. Also, I thought where Monsters Life sounded dumb, but it was a slow week and I got it and it turned it. It was awesome, dude. That's Eli over at the Comic Book Bullies. We were just about to talk yeah. about the It is for sure a dumb premise, but that does yeah, not always mean not. that it's not a good book. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so yeah, thanks for hanging out, everybody. We appreciate it. We would love it if you'd go check out the comic book bullies. They got a show tonight. Leroy and Eli talking pop culture. Sure, they're gonna get in on the gun stuff. Um, and I mean just everything going on in pop culture. Check them out on these channels. Uh, if you want links to everything they've got going on, go to outrakeekery.com. We got links up there to everything they got going on, everything we got going on, and we got a lot of shit going on. There's also a link up there to the group on Facebook. Go over there and check out Andy. He's always having a good time. Uh, Eli chiming in. Remind me of that Robot Chicken episode where the Slashers live in the house together. Yeah. Yeah, no, I remember Oh, that. and like the real world with like yeah, Michael Myers and like slashers. Jason. And yeah. yeah, it was so stupid. But yeah, this is really shaping up to be a, a good book. So anyway, thanks for hanging out, everybody. We appreciate it. Come back tomorrow. We're doing the preview show. Dave will be here. No show Sunday because of the superb owl. Superb owl. That is a very superb owl right there. But, uh, yeah, thanks, everybody. Most of all, thanks to this guy for hanging out with this guy. Hell, yeah. We are going to do it again next time. Same geek time, same geek channel.